Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hey, Watch This. I am Paul Goble. And I'm Sax Carr. Sax filling in for David Bax, who is on assignment in Las Vegas, currently uh, probably getting hammered. Um, thank you for joining me, Sax. Uh, this is your first time on the show, right? It is, yes. Oh, finally. I've asked Sax many times to be on the show, but I always find another nerd to, to get in before him, whether it's Tom Frank or, or any other, other nerd uh who wants to be on a podcast? Does Tom Frank watch anything but wrestling? Do you like tapes or? Well, when he was on, it was it was the week that Legends of Tomorrow premiered. And okay. So we talked about that and Agent Carter. It was all, all right. nerd superhero week. Uh, well, so. Legends of Tomorrow must have led to some very interesting conversations. Yeah, that show. It's a, as bad as that show is. It's gotten worse. <laughs> it, I never thought a superhero show with characters. And actors that I really like would be so fucking bad. <laughs> I am in, personally insulted that it's so bad. I mean, the dude from Doctor Who is on it. Yeah. The two guys from Prison Break are on it. Unfortunately, the hot chick who can't act from Arrow is on it. <laughs> right. But there's enough good stuff, but the scripts are just retarded. Yeah, it, it is definitely a sin of writing. And then also, you know... <laughs> I mean, on some level, uh, uh, that is the sort of that is that is that is what the CW hath wrought. Like, it seems that they, way. They turned everything up to eleven and then tried to put all of it together in one show. And surprise, surprise, <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, and we'll get to the <laughs> CW and the WB and uh, and all their uh, uh, mistakes when we talk about the Flash in the back half of this episode. Let's talk about. What went on? We both saw Deadpool this week, yeah? We did, yes. And we both enjoyed it? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I feel like the way people were reacting, though, the fact that I don't want to, like, go marry the, the producers means that I've somehow not liked it nah. enough. Well, I think, well, for those of you who don't know, Sax is a tried-and-true nerd, That's true. comic book and otherwise, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, in, in every nerd uh, capacity, whether it's comedy, comic books, online, uh, he is uh, he's the real thing. So, um, I've recently gotten into girls. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I was just thinking, the, one of the first times I ever saw you was at, uh, when Tom Frank used to do those shows at the, at the Meltdown, mm-hmm. and you were wearing a suit for some reason, not for the show, but right. you had clearly been at an event earlier, and you were with this hot, super hot girl who was also dressed very nice, but because you're both nerds, like you were in a sharp suit, she of course was in like, you know, more pinup. Right. Dress. I, I assume you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do, yeah. And I thought, man, Sax is a player. Look at him with this girl. And <laughs> it's I, all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and I was like, and then as I got to know you, I went, oh, okay, I get his game. Well done. Well played, Mr. Carr. Um, but uh, uh, so, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not a big, I don't read comic books, and I, I don't think I've ever read one frame of Deadpool in a comic. And my only, the only reference I had to him was, you know, in the other in the Wolverine movie, mm-hmm. and on he was he did an episode of the Ultimate Spider-Man, which was really mm-hmm. good because he broke the fourth wall and did all that stuff. So that's all I know about Deadpool. So I didn't have a lot of preconceived stuff going in. Brooke, my wife, knows nothing, knew nothing about it, uh, but because she's Canadian, she was all ready for it mm-hmm. since there's a, it's a very Canadian movie, Canadian friendly. But we loved it, and I mean, I'm sure if I was a big comic book fan, like in most comic book movies you pick stuff apart and go hmm that kind of sucked but you know even Star Wars I did that right. but you don't let it ruin the movie but I think this one was good enough yeah uh, you know just as a movie that even if you didn't you know like I said Brooke doesn't know anything about the comics or Deadpool or any of that stuff but she got the Green Lantern joke mm-hmm. you know and uh, and references to Wolverine 
I thought I th- and that, like when he pulls off at the end, not no spoilers, but yeah. when he pulls off his mask at the end, that was so brilliantly done. Yeah, and, and I think it's just it's a well made movie overall. Like we yeah. said, unlike DC's Legends of Tomorrow, this movie was well written and well made. I don't think I have any real critiques of it that like I mean, not even nerd critiques. Like I'm not you know I could I could sort of nitpick about stuff where you're like oh that wasn't exactly his origin, but who cares? Right. They did a great job of laying it all out. Yes. My biggest problem with the film, if I had to pick a legitimate problem though, is that the Colossus animation, the, the CG Colossus character, is sort of like okay seventy to eighty percent of the time. I agree with and, that. And, and there are times where the problem I have with him is not like he wasn't rotoscoped well. It's like his arms are too short. And I'm like, that has to be a problem you could solve. You know, like, yeah. it, like it, it just feel like that animation still feels like it's, like you know, streets behind, uh, like, <laughs> video games. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, it's, it, it, and of all the characters in this movie, you know, obviously there's all super-powered characters in this movie, but he seems to be the only one who needed, like, a lot of, you know, special effects. Right. You know, Warhead and all those characters it was just a few effects to change their outfit or to when they use their powers but when they're just standing around talking he was the only one they couldn't even have colossus in his human form because they couldn't match an actor to it so he's eating cereal as a metal character earlier on which i think maybe it was intended as a joke but but it's by no means it wasn't funny no you're right um, it was the weakest character and, and is that i mean was that just like who they could get for that is there some sort of relationship with them in the comics well I guess so. I guess they've palled around before in the comics. I don't know that I would call it a strong relationship. I mean, they have basically worked... Like, Blind Al, who is um, Leslie, Leslie Uggams' character. Right. Uh, by the way, if you, uh, Leslie Uggams, when she was singing... What, what did she sing? Um, she sang in some award show, and she forgot the words, and she sort of... Oh, uh, I'll have to Google uh, that. Yeah, it, it, check it out. Leslie Uggams, and they're like, Miss Uggams, Miss Uggams? And she runs out, and she's like, ba da zoo woo boo Like, she has to make it all up. <laughs> Um, Hilarious. It's like spring is sprung, but Leslie Uggams fucks the words up. Anyway, but, right. um, but Blind Al, major character, uh, you meet, um, uh, oh, is it Bill from Hydra? There's a character that he meets at the very end right, right, right. that he punches out. Because they used to work together. Yeah, but that's like his Hydra buddy in the comics. And then yeah, the TJ really Miller that. character I think might have been created for the series or was like a, like he's like Leech or some secondary. Yeah, they said he's an amalgam of... Guys like that, and I guess he doesn't exist. We uh, doesn't exist in the comics. Yeah, and so I think that generally speaking, I don't know, Colossus maybe, but like I, I feel like Deadpool has had better relationships with other people. I thought the okay. inclusion of Negasonic in Teenage Warhead was really good. Like mm-hmm. she was fantastic. She's my favorite character. Okay, um, but there's I, no relationship between them. No, not the really. Comics. Okay, I mean you know, yeah, because she was like she's like in New Mutants, right? Yeah. That comic, and I don't think that's her mm-hmm. exact power set, but. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of recent Marvel uh, in the mutant scope for a while. So, I... And correct me if I'm wrong, but Colossus, Peter Rasputin, mm-hmm. came to this country as a teenager, yes? Yes. He wouldn't have that thick an accent by this time, would he? No, I don't think so. Okay. So um, I think we can agree Colossus is the weakest character of the movie. Yeah, certainly. But it didn't um, ruin it. And they also, like, they, they had to change one thing, which I understand for the movie, but, like, I feel like... Deadpool's powers inherently don't like make him that ugly instantaneously. Like the idea being that his healing factor can't cure cancer, but it can fight it back, and so eventually he becomes fully can like he has skin cancer over his entire body. Oh, sort of so powerful. he still has cancer; it's just not affecting him. Right. And, so he could cut it out if he wanted to, right, but it, it would just, grow. But back. it would grow back cancerous is, is the idea. Yeah. And so, but like the fact that they just sort of sort of you know muddled that into his powers make him ugly was like that's easy. And I guess you just don't want to like you know. 
it's so much easier if his origin is just like, we gave you your powers. He's like, no, I'm ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, uh, I, I mean, I will say the acting really is what sold that storyline. Because, you know, as we saw, at the end of the day, yeah. she went, I, I don't care what you look like. Right. You know, and even, you know, and people like my wife were like, really? That's kind of corny. Because she, you know, obviously she married me. She doesn't care what people look like. <laughs> but, uh, and I thought, it, like, because, yeah, he looks horrible and people are going to give him looks. It would have been better if they had set up, because they've done this in countless movies, that he actually was vain about his looks before that. Right. But it's clear he's not. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. And, you know, he's even wounded. If there was a thing like, you know, all all the girls in that bar wanted to bang him or whatever, and he was great looking, you know, like the Beauty and the Beast scenario, Mm -hmm. but... Well, yeah, I just thought I thought that was a thing from the comics. Like, yeah, he's super ugly. Monica Baccarin like plays it to the hilt, right? Like, yes. he's, it, like she does a great job. Although she's also so playing good. a character in comics who is a power character, is copycat. I right? heard that, yeah. And so it's like we never really got to see that. I kind of wanted her to be just a little bit cooler, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, I'm not mad at it. You know, yeah, and she has strong ties to the nerd community. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, I think everyone she's, she's for for those of you who don't know, she's naked in this for only a few seconds. But like, if you you know, if you, if you miss if you her watch from Firefly, well, and she was also naked on Homeland, right? Which that's is right. She, at least topless. But she's yeah, she's topless in this too, and she's uh, she's one of the hottest women ever in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I talk about that a lot, like whose boobs you can see and why. <laughs> Some things are worth watching for that. You should and, create a website for that event. Oh, shit. Oh, darn it. Uh, but, yeah, anything Marina Batcherin is in that she shows her boobs or otherwise is great. Did you watch this new show, 112563, on I did. Hulu? I did watch that. I did, too. I read the book, so I was really interested in it. And I like the book a lot, but I'm a big fan of Stephen King and time travel. So I was already sold. But I thought, uh, as far as that, as far as, like, the book to the show mm-hmm. relationship goes, perfect. It was well done. And I liked... In this show, I'm I'm recommending that everybody watch it because it's a decent show. Mm-hmm. But I especially liked how all the time travel stuff because it's not traditional time travel and it's yeah. more mystical. And it's like once it's revealed and everyone goes, "How does this work?" It's obvious. No one has any idea how it works. Right. Like any kind of explanation would be almost like a cheat. Right. Right. It'd be a lampshade. Be, there's no there's exactly. no way to really explain it. Yeah. And so, they do a great job of it. I actually think that like you know I I I had, yeah. all, I had also read the books a little bit. I didn't. Ever, I don't think I ever finished it. I picked it up, but I knew what I knew exactly what I was walking into, uh-huh. and I was like, how are they going to lay this out? Yeah. And they did, and I was like, oh cool. It's really I'm good. And there's even certain parts like like you know Brooke and I are talking about it. And she's like, that would be great to go back there, buy a house for really cheap. And I'm like, it would be a nightmare because every time somebody would ask you a question, you'd think, oh, well, let's look. And you'd reach for your phone mm-hmm. and you'd have to stop yourself and you and you would be so spoiled and you'd want to watch TV when you want to watch it. Right. <laughs> and you'd want to listen to a, to a radio when you want to hear it. And when the guy walks in and, he's, and, he, and he sees that phone mm-hmm. and it freaks him out, I thought, because that wasn't in the book. And I thought, oh, that's a nice yeah, twist. Because obviously he, he shouldn't have taken his phone back in time with him. Right. But that was a good way to get rid of it. And uh, uh, I thought it was really good. And uh, I'm not a giant James Franco fan. I like his work. But I thought he was very yeah. understated and, and good in this. He delivers. I'll give him that. Yeah. And, uh, and Chris Cooper is good. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, if I don't know if it follows the the book like it does now, uh, it's it's a really good show, and uh, I, I think it, and I'm glad Hulu did it. Um, so I'll keep watching. It and everyone else should watch it. Uh, have you watched Love on Netflix? No, I have not watched Love on Netflix. Judd Apatow's new show. 
Uh, it's gotten a lot of good. It's got a lot of good buzz, and I'm hesitant to even talk about it because I'm biased against uh, Judd Apatow and his work, and but also because there are people on the show who I adore, like Steve Banos and uh, Gruber Allen, and who I know personally, and I also love them. It's strange because there are people on the show who I am good friends with. I consider them friends, and. I also love their work, like Steve and Dave. And then there's people on the show who I don't know, but I enjoy their work, like uh, Paul Rust, who's a very... Well, I actually know him, but uh, we're not buddies. But he's a, a very nice man, and I enjoy his work. And uh, Gillian Jacobs, of course, is great. And then there's people on the show who I cannot stand on a personal level or professionally, who I won't mention. But I thought the show... So that all being said, I thought the show was bullshit. I thought it was horrible. What was the premise of the show? I, I haven't even seen an ad for it, I don't think. Yeah, they've really uh, downplayed it. It probably I saw, means they think it's bullshit. If, if, if it maybe. Been, if it hasn't been well... It's, this is a, this is a uh, John Carter of Mars all over again. Like yeah, show. well, I mean, considering how much HBO pushed, you know, Girls, mm -hmm. this is his, you know, next series since Girls, and they put them all on Netflix the way they do, and you'd think they'd talk about it more. I saw Gillian Jacobs on The Daily Show talking about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, here's the premise. Um, Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs are in relationships, and, they, and they're bad relationships, and they're terrible people. He was living with uh, some girl. She, she was living with Kyle Kinane uh -huh. and having sex with him. He, he's super funny on the show. Uh -huh. um, and they're just horrible people, and they're losers, and they have friends who are losers, and it's like that. But it's one of those shows where everybody on the show is really unlikable. For one reason or another, kind of like girls, mm -hmm. and so you're like, eh, I don't know that I want to watch these douchebags, you know. Right. And same with the women. And here's the worst part of the show, and I'm gonna pick this apart as why the show sucks. Uh, at the end, Paul Rudd he moves into what do they call it on the show? Uh, Silkwoods or something? Okay. But he's clearly up at, and they shot it there up at Oakwood, um, which is kind of funny. And he moves in and he sees there's. Kids there who are on study abroad. There's mm -hmm. old dudes who have been living there forever. Uh, you know, he thinks it's, well, it's transitional. So he goes and hangs out with these kids who are having, like, a going away party because their study abroad is, they're getting ready to go on a study abroad. And they're hanging out, and Paul Ross is, like, hanging out, and he's talking about how he feels old because he's in his 30s, and they're all in their 20s, to of which, of course, is bullshit to mm -hmm. a guy who's almost 50. So I hate that. But then it's all, they're like, they're going back, and these two girls, who are very young and hot, say to him, so, what are you going to do? You want to hang out? And he goes, sure. And it's obvious what's going to happen, because the very next scene, they're in his bedroom. And uh, so they pretty much say, yeah, we want to have a menage a trois before we go off to our study abroad thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're in L.A., and I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense, and kids today. So he's like, sure. So it's supposed to be funny, because it's awkward and weird. Um... But then they mentioned he gets up to get a condom. He's like, you guys go ahead and without me. And they're like, no, that's okay. We're sisters. And he freaks out about it. Right. Because they're sisters. Not like they, they do look similar, but they don't look like mm -hmm. they could be sisters. Uh, like you'd assume they're sisters. So he freaks out about it. And it, the whole thing made me mad. Because I can understand being surprised by that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were sisters. That kind of weirds me out a little bit. But if you did know they were sisters, you'd still be into it, yes? Right. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. And it, like, if if they were twins, yeah. it's pretty much assumed they're sisters, right? right? And everybody's into that. And in fact, the girls say, what's wrong with you? This is most guys' fantasy. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't go, 
oh yeah, you're right, that's cool, and mm-hmm. jump back into it. Because at this point, these girls are topless on this right. bed. They're all in, and he's in his underwear. But he freaks out, and not only does he freak out, he goes, ew, and, he, and they go, hey, don't judge us. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you mean, don't judge you? And they say all the right things, but he keeps reacting. And I don't know if it's supposed to show us that this guy is a complete asshole because he thinks that these girls should live his life by his rules, live their life by his rules, or is it supposed to show us um, uh, this? these girls think this is normal and it's not. He's reacting normally, um, like in a in a Woody Allen, Larry David-ish way. Mm-hmm. This isn't normal, you know, the yeah. way... The way you do for comedy. But the fact that these two young hot girls in their 20s want to have a threesome with this big-nosed loser nerd 10 years older than than them and not one of the hot guys they were going to study abroad with is complete bullshit. And I will tell you 100% of the time... If a twenty, if two twenty-year-old girls want to have a threesome with a dude, he is in. I don't care what is going on. I don't care if they go. Oh, by the way, I got herpes, mm-hmm. so you might want to be careful. Mm-hmm. He's still in. Yeah. Are you with me on this? No, I agree. Okay. I also think this sort of falls like that. I call it like the Seinfeld problem, where like there was this whole thing where like on Seinfeld, all the characters would get like up their own ass about something, mm-hmm. and then like, and even though it was clear they were wrong, they would just sort of like cycle it. You know, like yes. you know. And this is that that became so attractive to writers that now writers want to put these long scenes in where someone is presented with an obvious choice, they make the opposite, and then talk. <laughs> the, I mean, to be fair, Larry David's whole show is that for for an entire right for for an hour long of him being like, I don't want, maybe I don't want to do the thing, but I like I'm, right, I'm right. different from these people who like the thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think that. Uh, uh, I, it, I hate that kind of sequence. I actually yeah. I actually really hate whenever the the writer feels it necessary to put someone in a situation where they don't make the obvious choice, and then under all protesting, just like fight it off. For, yes. like, well, I don't need to watch that. I don't need to watch somebody spend forty five minutes not doing a thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's not even that's not even entertaining. That's yeah. not even interesting. Just as uh, you know, cinematically. And then Gillian Jacobs, who uh, her storyline is better because it's her and Kyle Kinane, mm-hmm. and they're both very very funny. But, like, they're in this weird relationship. He still lives with his mom. He's clearly a loser. But then, at one point, he t- she s- kicks him out. But then he texts her a few, like, a month later. And uh, and she decides to get back with him. Puts on a bathing suit and jeans because she thinks she's meeting him at a bar. Mm-hmm. But she's actually meeting him at this ridiculous church. Mm-hmm. And she's on Ambien. And that was a little funnier because mm-hmm. it was a little more like, oh, she made bad decisions and she's paying for it. But... Also, this church was bullshit. That was the other thing. These people around her were clearly like in a cult. So it's okay for her to stand up and go, you guys are fucked. Because they were. And like I said, Kyle Kinane, very, very funny. Kyle Kinane, who most people think knows the voice of Comedy Central. (laughs) But (laughs) if you don't watch him on At Midnight and think he's hilarious, you don't know what comedy is. He's fucking great. And also, have you watched Those Who Can't? The Uh, Grawlick show? No, I haven't watched that yet. Because he's on that and he's probably the best thing on it. He's the drunk teacher. And he's fucking... Oh, they're, they're playing into his strengths. Right? And he drinks out of flasks that look like different things. <laughs> and in the first episode, he's like sipping from this flask that looks like a phone. And one of the guys, you know, Ben Roy or something, is trying to get his attention. And, he go, and he's drinking it. And then he goes, oh, hold on. I need to take this. <laughs> and, and like he's like, you've already established it's not a phone. Uh, but he's super funny. But this show, I hated it. And, and I thought, you know, th- is this just me and my irrational dislike of Judd Apatow but Brooke hated it too and everyone's unlikable and I'll say this 
it's clear that after Knocked Up, Judd Apatow has... You know, here's what happened with Judd Apatow. When he was a young man, mm-hmm. he dreamed of being a famous comedian and growing up and being like his idols, Steve Martin, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, and moving to Hollywood, writing scripts that are uh, funny movies and TV show, marrying a beautiful uh, movie star, mm-hmm. and being a millionaire. And guess what happened? That's He got his wish. Yeah. He got everything he dreamed for, and now he's completely fucking miserable. Because that's what happens when you get everything you thought you wanted. Mm-hmm. You're miserable. Everything he's made, I'm going to say past, knocked up, has been a fucking desperate cry for help. Uh, this shitty show, uh, This is 40, um, what was the other one he did that was so fucking bad? Uh, I, I can't remember. The last the last movie he made. The Oh, Girls? Oh my God, I can't stand girls anymore. All this stuff is just about how he's clearly like the unhenpecked. You know, uh, uh, a sad, bald guy. He's sad that he's losing his hair. And uh, and also, you know, I know what it's like to be a dude with two two young daughters and a strong wife. But they're never, you know, his wife's never going to leave him like mine did. So he's going to be, uh, he's going to live that, basically, in that hell forever. I mean, honestly, is there any, aside from what he's produced with Paul Feig, which has been great, mm-hmm. is there anything he's done in the past, I don't know, Ten years, it's been worth the shit. No, and and except for maybe girls, which is which I don't feel like I feel like a lot of his fingerprints are on to begin with. Right. Well, um, yeah, it's obviously it's Lena Dunham's show, and he's directed a few. Right. But even that, but, he, he uh, let it get way out of control. But I feel like many of his, um, uh, like he's still playing with his, you know, with his original friendly cast, you know, his like yes. cast. He's still playing into his canned strengths. So, like, <laughs> what he needs is to. Put up. He needs to take a risk, and he's not. No, you're absolutely right. He's uh, oh, Trainwreck. That's what it was. Trainwreck, which I like Amy Schumer and all, but that movie was bullshit. She, you know, she's a train wreck, and then it's not until she meets a nice man that her life is good again. As opposed to Sisters, did you see Sisters? Uh, I did not. It's I saw it at the Buck and a Half Theater the other day, and it's really good because it's these two hilarious, strong, smart women. Whose lives aren't perfect, uh, but they're doing their best. And aside from when Amy Poehler is clearly, you know, interested in Ike Barinholtz because that has to be a romantic story, there's no other dudes in it. Ain't, uh, Tina Fey plays a single mom who's clearly divorced. She has a teenage daughter. Not only is the dad not in the movie, they don't even say his name. She never even says your dad. Right. In the movie, you know what I mean? It's about them, and there's no reason. And, and at one point, like James Brolin, who plays their dad, he's clearly a fuck up. And it's a and it's a great movie, and it's a great movie for women, as opposed to Trainwreck or some other bullshit like that. Uh, but you know, obviously, well, Judd Apatow makes these movies that his wife tells him he should make. Well, Trainwreck. It, too like Amy Schumer. That's like the Amy Schumer's comedy movie. So like, what at yes. what point does does Judd Apatow even enter into it? Like Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow has taken a person and allowed their talent to be a film. Like, uh, yeah. does he show up? Like, what happened? Yeah, Kristen Wiig. He did yeah. that. Said go write a movie, and she did. Mm-hmm. Jason uh, Siegel. He did that. Told him mm-hmm. you need to play guitar for this episode of Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Learn it, and I'll yeah. make you a star. Uh, I, I, I hate that show, and I know a lot of people like it, and I'm glad that my friends are getting work, but that show can go fuck itself. Love? Yes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to go turn, check it out after this. Don't. Did you, uh, did you ever watch Angel from Hell? 
Uh, I did not. I'm glad it's canceled though, because wow. even the previews made it seem like the dumbest concept really? for a show. Because I loved it. I thought it was a great. I thought it was the best sitcom of this season, but apparently it couldn't hold on to viewers. So there is no great sitcom this season. Have you watched the new Muppets? Yes. And now, have you watched the the re the new showrunner like the new yeah, new yeah, version? Yeah, I've watched every episode of the Muppets okay. that has come out, and it's gotten better, right? In the second half, I don't think it was ever bad. Okay, like, I thought the first half of it was fun. I think people's problem with it was that it was someone's like, well, it's the Muppets plus Thirty Rock, yes. leaning heavily into Thirty Rock, yeah, and 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 the Muppets are sort of zany and crazy. I'm not saying, in fact, they're probably half as zany as Thirty Rock was by the end. True, it it wasn't what people thought the Muppets should be. Yes, and so. This adjustment hasn't gone any more towards the Muppets. Like, I well, don't really feel it has. All they've done is sort of said, like, we're incorporating other characters into the show. But Well, I think they, you know, the biggest problem was they set up the show. They set it up uh, with this big um, conflict mm-hmm. that Piggy and Kermit aren't dating anymore. Right. And then there was a lot. And then so there was just a ton of infighting and stuff. Which is not what people want to see. And they immediately turned it around and said, okay, here's a villain now. Uh, this network guy. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this network guy, and we're all going to work together against him now. Mm-hmm. So it's a better show. But I, I was talking again to my wife about it, and I figured out why it, the new Muppets have never worked, whether it's this or Muppets Tonight. It's because the original Muppet show, they were doing a live show in this weird theater where other Muppets came to see them, mm-hmm. and then every once in a while they would get a human guests. Right. And and presumably it wasn't like it was like they were there as a gig. They needed the money or whatever. Right. And some people were down with it. Some people like John Cleese were like, I really don't want to do these skits. They had the great episode where Steve Martin came in and they the 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 theater was closed for fumigation. <laughs> but they had already booked Steve Martin accidentally. So <coughs> he came on and did he was did they had auditions and stuff. So that was funny, but this new one, they're on TV and there's human beings yeah. who work on the show, who are in the audience, who clearly watch them, who are their bosses, and that's the problem is incorporating the human beings. The human beings should never be funnier than the Muppets, if you ask me. And I think that's the biggest mistake. But well, and yeah, and they have to push them up to 11 to mix in with the Muppets' insanity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like a lot of aspects of it. I like um, I like the writers' room characters. I like yeah. the fact that they have to get the show together. They've done a great job. Whoever whoever eventually decided, like, I'm going to put, um, you know, I'm going to put uh, these Muppets in these roles. You know, Sweetums is the you know is a grip. You yeah, know? Um, right. The like th- that kind of stuff is really brilliantly done, and there's some yeah. great moments for everybody. But I feel like, generally speaking, it, it is missing something. Although I watch it every week and, and happy. I do so. too, and I think it's gotten a lot better. And hopefully, it'll get into a bigger groove because there's a lot of good comedies on there, just just not quite there. Mm-hmm. I like the grinder; yeah. it makes me laugh. But there's still the grinder. Weirdly enough, is grinding on the same joke. Yeah, like the grinder. The grinder needs to figure out what its actual legs are. Oh, yes. and by the way, my suspicion about the Muppets, and this this is a comment that will come back to haunt me, is that there is <laughs> one bad writer in that room because there's like the jokes kind of fall in like a like a, an array, uh-huh. and there's a bunch of really corny jokes that kind of feel like somebody doesn't get what the new model is. And once those jokes are sort of flushed out, I think mm-hmm. the show will be brilliant and fun. But, but there's just occasionally they're just going to be like, ah, you know, here's a joke from like the 1920s Muppets. Yeah. Know? I like that uh, that latest unveil the tale episode. Yeah, that was the good. second season because it was it, not only was it funny, but it also had a good message too. 
uh, using you know Piggy's tail as a yeah. as a reference for body uh, acceptance. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Anything uh, that you saw or uh, or watched or heard about that? Of I note? watched Agent Carter. Um, uh -huh. This this two episodes of Agent Carter this week. I guess I don't know exactly how uh, that fell out. I watched them on Hulu, so they were just there when I yeah they showed two it on the same night. I think back um, to back. And it's uh, that show has continuing to like to raise the stakes continuously. It's too bad um, nobody watches it. It's a great fucking show. It's a little corny. It's like they, they still can't really get past like the, the period piece of it being a little corny. Yeah. Um, and my weird, this is my like sort of weird thing about that show is that it is a it is a women driven show with some of the best female characters on television. Mm -hmm. And I've I've been crying out for that forever. Yeah. Favorite character in the show, Jarvis. <laughs> like, and I feel bad. I feel like every time I, I love Jarvis more, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. So many great other characters, but Jarvis is brilliant. No, yeah, my favorite is Howard Stark. I think Howard Stark's the best character. So. Um, but Whitney Frost, they're doing a great job with that well character um, and that actress. Oh my god, she's just yeah. really pushing it, and I, I, I loved that. That that was probably my. If, if I had been able to like watch all the shows this week before I sort of called the show for this episode, I probably would have <laughs> gone with that because it was. And this was That's a powerful fun. couple of episodes. It was good. I haven't watched it yet, so definitely check it. But out. I'm excited. There's yeah, a lot of good uh, shows that have returned. Um, all right, uh, you want to talk about Gravity Falls? Sure. Um, so you don't watch Gravity Falls? I don't. But I have watched all the episodes. Now uh, this seems like it's a big. I, there's a dude. I don't want to say his name because it might embarrass him. But there's a guy who writes me all the time and says, "Please talk about Gravity Falls." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Well, I do like Gravity Falls, and this is a last chance. So okay, we'll talk about it." So I got the impression it was really popular with nerds because it is, uh, as we noticed and as you noted, it's not really for kids. No, not even close. Yeah. A, a lot of my geekier friends are watching it. Um, my whole thing is that I don't get Disney XD. Oh, okay. And Disney XD is one of those channels that like has decided to like. Filate the um, the like cable networks by refusing to allow most of their content to be available yeah. in like near first run unless you have like a cable subscription you can plug in. And I watch all my stuff online because I'm a like regular human in the well. Do you times. subscribe to Hulu? Like, do you pay for yeah, Hulu? Yeah. Okay, but I'm, so, it must not come across my feed on Hulu. But certainly, this wasn't available before I got here today. No, no, it, um, it's too new. Like the other episodes in this finale in this last season are up. I think on Hulu, or at least on ABC website or something. Yeah, because I couldn't find it on Hulu. Um, I don't think the last yet. one is up yet. Yeah, they because yeah they they do what most like a lot of the networks you can see it the next day at least, but cable a lot of times it'll take a month to yeah. get there. So Which, yeah, uh, like I I am uh, what was that uh, uh, not Brooklyn Nine Nine that new cop show Angie Tribeca. Oh right. When when that came out, yeah. I couldn't get it, so I'm not gonna fucking watch it. Yeah, like yeah. like. If you don't understand the value of an internet audience, then I'm sorry. Like, no, it's like, true. It's like people are going to actually tune on a TV at a certain time anymore. What are you, a dinosaur? Well, it's like, I mean, it's, that's TBS. They're a little old school. And at least they, they're reaching out. They did, they did that whole live tri Tribeca-thon. And then when Sam B's show premiered, it was on every Turner-owned station. Like yeah. headline news and everything. It premiered every uh, at every station at the same time. So they're doing these presses. But yeah, they don't... For some reason, you'd think TBS and TNT. Well, you can go to TNT and watch all those shows mm -hmm. on the TNT website, Major Crimes and all the dramas. But yeah, there's—I don't know of any place you can watch 
the comedies. I feel like doing the Angie Tribeca Marathon or the stuff with Samantha B show is like a restaurant thinking it's very progressive for putting up a larger billboard. Like, at the end of the day, <laughs> you're like nine technologies behind. No, that's a good point. Uh, and, it's and, clearly an older company. And, and I just, I don't know. I don't understand what, what they think they're, they're going to accomplish by that. Especially because nowadays, like, if I, I hate the idea that if I miss an episode of a show... Now I can't watch it until like what it comes out on. TV. No, I, yeah, that's it's why terrifying. I, I mean, that's why I pay for Hulu and Netflix, yes. and I have UVerse. Yeah. You know, I don't miss anything. And still, there, every once in a while, something comes out, and I'm like, like it's on, you know, PlayStation or mm-hmm. or Directv, which I this is the one thing I don't have, and I'm like, man, that's bullshit, <laughs> and I'm still mad about. I mean, it. I, I have Hulu and Netflix. I pay for Hulu even though it doesn't work on my phone anymore for some reason, uh-huh. and. But my girlfriend has it too, and yet we both pay for it just in case. So we always have an account. That's good. Anyway, that's good. So you're not stealing. All right. So I I, I did get caught up on what was going on, and then I watched this episode with you, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good show, and it's funny because I think uh, people make the mistake of thinking it is for kids because it's drawn that way. Certainly, Mm -hmm. it's drawn in the Disney style of you know big eyes and all that. Yeah. Uh, You know, which is I guess that was the big. That's the big uh, uh, inspiration for anime, that mm-hmm. whole big st- big eyes and all that. So it's drawn in that style, but it's not. In this episode, uh, as we saw, you know, these two kids are going to be killed. Yeah. He says, I'm going to kill one of them. And that, and it's pretty ominous. And, and you know, obviously it's, you think, well, I hope this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's a cartoon. But he says he's going to do it, which even on Spider-Man, even on the you know, Ultimate Spider-Man, they don't talk about killing people. In fact, I, I mentioned how... Deadpool was on an episode of Ultimate Spider-Man, and he was he, they were teaming up because Deadpool got a contract to kill somebody. And Spider-Man's like, no, 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 you can't kill people. <laughs> Deadpool's like, really? I think I can. <laughs> and it's a really funny beat. But even in that, even on, in the superhero show, they're not killing people. But on this one, they are. So it's a pretty adult show, and there's like some adult references. Well, they make a, he makes a throne out of... Yeah, frozen out of, people. Out of frozen people. And, and it's like, gruesome, yeah. He's going to destroy all of reality, and it's like a very aggressive, scary character. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, little kids would definitely be, be scared by it, for sure. But uh, but at the same time, it's funny. It's interesting, mm-hmm. and it's funny, and great voice acting. Now, you work in in uh, the animation yeah. voiceover world. Sure. Now, explain to me this new thing, because this show had like tried-and-true voiceover actors like Kevin Michael Richardson mm-hmm. and John DiMaggio... Then it had big names, almost cameos, like Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. and Kyle MacLachlan. Um, and then the Oscar winner, J.K. Simmons, <laughs> right. who had appeared on multiple episodes. Um, but then it's got uh, just, you know, just people who maybe you haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Alex Hirsch does the voice of the main character and the main villain. What? I remember back in the old days, you know, when I was a kid, I'd watch TV and I'd see Frank Welker's name everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was always the same guys getting work. What is this new thing in the voiceover world where, like, big stars are coming to do voiceovers? Part of it is a technological thing. And, and let me say, I can't really speak to, like, why voiceover has made this sea change. But from a casting perspective and someone who knows a lot of voice actors and sort of works in that universe, yeah, um, the fact that, that 
big stars like Nathan Fillion. I'm entirely sure. I've actually been to Nathan Fillion's house, so I can't uh-huh. confirm or deny that I didn't see this. But he <laughs> must have a voice booth in his house. Somewhere. Probably. I didn't see it, but it may be there. But like yeah. uh, you know, and, and in that voice booth, you know, so he can just go in there and track a couple of things and walk away. And he wasn't right. exactly a huge part of this this show, no, yeah. this episode anyway. So it's not like they really need a voice director with him. But just generally speaking, they can make a fair amount of money, reach a fan base, and do yeah. very little for you know. And, and it, it all happened during the writer strike. Like it pushed a bunch ah. of top names down to the lower brackets. Big names were doing television, big right. names were doing cartoons, and they haven't really stopped. Um, so I think because they realized how fucking easy it was. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Rock said, I think it was on the Oscars a couple years ago, he said he loves doing voiceover work. He's like, please keep making these Madagascar movies, because mm-hmm. it is a giant paycheck for so little work. You know, he makes t- he's made how many movies in his career that are like Chris Rock movies? Maybe one, yeah. two? Top five was clearly his life's work mm-hmm. you know he'll that that was his big thing but these madagascar movies he's you know jack black the same way yeah he's done some great stuff that no one's ever heard of but it's the kung fu panda movies that are right. going to send his kid to harvard and presumably he's maybe doing like a third or less the time it takes to do these voice recordings than, than an actual film shoot right. way less probably i mean it, it, i don't want to i don't want to go ahead and say that jack black does like a week on kung fu panda and then it's done no, right. whereas like a regular movie would be like you know a year but it yeah. may be the case but there's also there's also the t- no time spent in makeup or in yeah. wardrobe or uh, driving from set to set mm-hmm. and like you said if you can do it in your house like a lot of people yeah. can or, or, in or, your they're, bathrobe, or they're, they're buying the closest studio out that he needs and he's going there and meeting with the yeah there's here. yeah i mean it may it, it, case in point there's a studio right down the street in burbank mm-hmm. that a lot of people use if you're working for sony and you live in pasadena yeah you say okay i'll go to this place in burbank and uh, and set it up and they do right and, or there's a place in pasadena even I've there you go you know I mean? yeah exactly and, um, but also yeah. the the voiceover world has been really like sort of changing a lot because uh, voice actors are still regular rank and file voice actors are still not paid terribly well, right? Um, unless you're a really big name, and then and you get a lot of work. But even then, it, you got to do a lot of voices. So yeah, because I, I think I've said this before: in the voiceover world, you can be you can get the same amount of money f- doing one voice as you do for ten voices, right? So they hire guys who can do a lot of different voices and mm-hmm. pay them the same amount of money. Um, but generally speaking, though, I think that a lot of this, like, supporting characters that they can just get, like, a rank, you know, they can get a work-a-day voice actor in True. that will and pay very little. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, you know, like, there's the voices. I think that the, the voice of the two voices done by the creator there are prob- may have been because when doing it in the room, like, they fell in love with it. <laughs> very positive. I mean, you know, the, well, because the, they're distinctive. It's not yeah. just his voice. He's right. clearly acting. Well, the, the the voice of Jack Box, the Jack in the Box CEO, right, is the voice of the ad executive who created that brand, and uh, he also created the Energizer Bunny. Interesting. Um, but he just he you know and and Jack talks like this. He said so many times in the room that eventually they cast it and they couldn't find anyone that they liked it enough, so they made it him. I just saw they're recasting it. I think mm-hmm. maybe that guy is retiring or whatever. Yeah. They need, a, they need a sound alike, though. Yeah. They didn't say new voice. They want someone who sounds like... Well, that's what happened to Dave Thomas, same way. Uh, it just, he wasn't wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. He, people loved him so much, they said, we got to put him in... I think he did one commercial, and it fucking skyrocketed. So they put him in everyone. Even though he was old and frail and couldn't even walk, mm-hmm. they t- propped him up in front of this camera so he could say, eat my chili. 
Um, well, the great thing about this show is it, it's one of those shows that you can go back and watch mm -hmm. and see it all. And, and it's funny because there is a, a long arc that's very good, but each episode has individual stories and guest stars and it talks about time travel and interdimensionality and magic and, and it's, uh, and it's pretty funny. Now let's talk about the main voice actors because mm -hmm. Kristen Shaw. I remember at the time, I thought, she's a little overexposed, because she's on this, she's yeah. on Bob's Burgers. I was just going to bring that up. Okay. I saw Kristen Schaal perform on stage, I think her first weekend or week in Los Angeles. She did the um, Greg Krupp's chat show. Greg Krupp's used to do a live chat show at Largo, mm -hmm. um, and she had just been flown out from New York to begin writing on South Park, I believe, Okay. and she appeared as a guest on the show and was hilarious. And that was the first time I saw her, and then I have seen her in media every day or week right. since then, and will until the end of time. Yeah, and she's on Last Man on Earth, mm -hmm. and then and you hear her voice, and she's got a very distinctive voice. She's like Fred Stoller, mm -hmm. in that she does a ton of voices, they just all sound the same. Yeah. But I, unlike in the past, when I've seen this with certain actresses, I really don't mind it, because she's so funny. Yeah. And as you saw... This character of Mabel is the exact opposite of Louise on Bob's Burgers, even though they sound the same. They're completely different people and different from uh, Carol on Last Man on Earth. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's actually, unlike, you know, someone who has a, like Fred Stoller is hilarious. He's not the greatest actor. You know, I think we, you know, his, uh, his role in Dumb and Dumber, mwah, mm -hmm. brilliant. But uh, he's that, he's Fred Stoller. He's the guy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he's great. But I think Kristen Schaal, she brings a little more to it. So... She's funny. I, I'm not mad at Kristen Saul. I yeah. think she does a good job. I, I do think though, that there's got to be a few other voice actresses or actresses that do that sort of childlike persona that would probably love to break into the business. Yes. But apparently, Kristen Shaw has no personal life she needs to take time to do. I guess um, not. Yeah, she's, she's very focused. She just did a bunch of, uh, well, at least one appearance on a chat show in the UK, which is like my obsession. I watch like, really? all the UK chat shows. That's funny. Home. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, I mean, I yeah, she, she just works a lot because she wants to. So that's fine, but if, and she does her own stuff too. She's she was good on the Daily Show. I loved her on the Daily Show. Um, what do you think about Jason Ritter? Again, not really a voiceover guy, even mm -hmm. though he's done plenty, but he's just using his own voice. Yeah, I don't mind. You're okay with yeah, that? That worked for me. All right, yeah, it, it's a good show, and and also I'm sure you noticed all the little like cryptographs and mm -hmm. stuff. You know, that's a good thing too. And again, if you if you go back and watch it. You'll be able to go on Wikipedia because all that shit is there and see what they all mean and mm -hmm. different references. So it's actually a fun show to watch with your older kids. I'll the, say that the character design is brilliant too. Like I want I thought so. Hair or like whatever it's called. Yeah, right. Shirt. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> where are the action figures, oh, man? Yeah. You where's, know, where's a stuffed multi bear? Yeah, or just a, a dipper and a. Mm -hmm. You think it's Disney? They make all that shit, right? Yeah. Why don't they do it? I don't know. All right. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to trivia. Uh, last week's trivia question, uh, Mike Schmidt was here filling in for David. And uh, I asked him, uh, we were talking about the OJ show mm -hmm. on FX. And I asked him what two movies Cuba Gooding Jr. was in where he got a haircut. <sighs> wow. Cuba Gooding Jr. was in two movies where he got a haircut. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, that's a super easy question. Because one of them, as Mike said, is... Boys in the Hood. There's right. that scene where Larry Fishburne cuts his hair. He says, give me a haircut. It's a, a pivotal scene in the movie. But the other one, it happens as what, when Cuba is a background actor. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one of the most well-known 
roles in his career, it's coming to America. He's the kid in the barbershop. Oh, wow. Yeah, who's getting his hair cut that whole time. Yeah, if you, and if you watch it, he doesn't have any lines, but if you watch it, you go, oh yeah, that's clearly Cuba, because he's smiling there with a wig on. Um, but Mike, the, the ironic part is, Coming to America is, of course, one of the funniest movies ever made, and Mike talks about it constantly, and for some reason, my co-host David has never seen it. Really? Yes, and it's gotten to, it's almost a point of pride now where he refuses to watch it. But how do you grow up a young man in this country and enjoy comedy and not watch coming to America. At least, you know, when you're at home and it's on, it's on cable constantly, right? How many times have you seen it? Maybe like 10 times. Right. You yeah. can, and you quote it sexual. Someone says sexual chocolate. You laugh. Right. That's the, the what's going down episode. That's my mama. Yeah. We all love all those. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. I always thought you slept with your bathers. That's my favorite line. <laughs> and whenever I see Clay Aiken, I go, his mama named him Clay? I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> but David has still never seen it. But Joe Zaragoza was the first person to come up with uh, the other answer coming to America. Uh, so congratulations to Jew, Joe, Jew, and congratulations to the Jewish people. Yes, yeah, so there's got to be a holiday around here somewhere. <laughs> there's probably a high holiday. So congratulations to Joe. You can go fuck yourself. The Jews cannot go fuck themselves if they want to, but they have the choice. Mm-hmm. So you have a trivia question for this week, right? I do, yes. All right, let's um, hear it. Let's uh, see well, if I can We're going to talk about The Flash, and I thought I'd ask uh-huh. you a question about that. Okay. On, this, on the current season of The Flash, um, as of the episode this week, right. there are three characters that have been introduced in various degrees of depth right. that are speeders in the comics, that, are, that have super speed in the comics, okay. but are just regular old folks... As they're currently presented on the show. Okay. And and it, we're, we're getting deeper and deeper cuts. Like, one is very obvious. I think everyone will know it. Right. One is a little bit deeper and it sort of involves, like, a twist of the genre. And then one of them we've barely met. Okay, so I'm going to assume, because I'm not a comics guy, but I'm going to assume, much like the Captain Marvel comics, mm-hmm. there were all kinds of Flash. Lady Flash yeah. Oh, yeah. and Kid Flash and all, all the other Flash mm-hmm. Flashes. Okay, so I know for a fact that... Uh, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, the black, the new black kid, Wally Joe's West. son, Wally. Mm-hmm. I know he. I mean, just the fact his name is Wally West. Mm-hmm. He was the Flash on Justice League. So, yep. And uh, I assume that he will eventually be another Flash. He's the, got to the, be. Yeah. So that one was the easy one. I assume you're talking. If you're about, that right? actor, yeah. If you're that actor, <laughs> you have to be hoping that series will last long enough to get you in the suit, right? Well, it's a good show, so yeah. it's a good bet. Um, the other two, I would have to guess at. So. Uh, I will just make a wild guess, and if I'm wrong, say so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, um, it's, it's not Cisco, and it's not Caitlin. Oh. Okay, I'll say I'll say Caitlin is one. No. Okay, so I'm wrong. So write down the other two characters here. Okay. And uh, if you know who the other two characters are who are speedsters in the comic and not on the show, you can write to me, Paul, at thekingoftv.com. Send me your answer, and if you get it right, I will send you a prize or tell you to go fuck yourself or talk about Jews. Whatever you uh, whatever you want as a prize. I'm, I'm open to everything. Um, and, of course, thekingoftv.com is my website where you can listen to this show and watch, uh, read my blog and check out my tweets and all the other crap there. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Goebel Show. Please be my friend on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I do it all. Yeah, I'm, he does. I'm happy to do it all. <laughs> and Sax, you also have a strong media presence, correct? I do. Um, uh, my uh, Twitter is at Sax Carr. Um, 
Uh, currently, um, I am asking people whenever I go on public appearances because I find it funny. My name is Sax. My girlfriend's name is Lemon. They're both available emojis on Twitter. So feel <laughs> free to tweet me. Um, Sax emoji, heart emoji, lemon emoji. If we've never met, why not? Just do it. And um, for, for those of you, I like to make fun of people's names. Uh, probably more so than the next guy. Um, and, uh, like, if you have a cool name or a cool nickname, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if you have a dumb name, I'm going to call you out. Like, I once met a guy named Gunner, and I made fun of him. Yeah, Gunner's a dumb name. <laughs> but, Sax, uh, that's actually your initials, right? Yeah, yeah. Sean Allen Xavier Carr is my full name. Yes. So that's, I actually, I love that. If I, I, like, that's the one thing I like about Jeb Bush. If I was Jeb Bush, I would call myself Jeb also, because it's like Job. So Sax, Jeb, Job, those are all cool names, if you ask me. Uh, but he's also, not the saxophone. What else am I doing? Um, I uh, well, of course you can find me on uh, on like you know Facebook and all that. This sax car, it's pretty easy. What's um, what's your Twitter? Uh, at sax car. So there you um, go. And then I appear regularly on the Twitch stream for a sort of um, uh, you know a, a uh, stream queen, if you will, um, <laughs> whose name is Erica Ishi. Uh, and you can find her at Roll for Enthusiasm or uh, Twitch at Erica Ishii. I'm there occasionally. Uh, we're playing a game, a board game right now, um, wherein there are diseases, and they've named one after me, Saxpox. Nice, it's fun. Um, and then, um, and I'll talk to about board games in a second. Also, uh, right now, I'm sort of telling the the, the uh, you know harping the good news on a great book called Patrick Robertson: A Tale of Adventure. A Tale of Adventure? A Tale of Adventure. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Patrick Robertson, and it's about a businessman who gets kidnapped and forced into, like, into, you know, uh, like, to fight for his life. And he and he does so using business principles. Mm, so neat. it's like, it's like if, like, Stephen Covey's uh, Rules for Highly Effective People was used to get at, <laughs> like, to make you Indiana Jones. Very worth it. Patrick Robertson, I think it's on Amazon somewhere. It's um, an e-book? It's an e-book, Okay, yeah. cool. I'll uh, check that can, out. I think they have physical books there, too. I think Amazon allows you to... Do that thing where like you well, can, some, they'll print it for you. Oh really? It. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's um, neat. Like if you just want a copy, yeah. for your library, I like that. Um, and uh, and then also, so I'm building a board game, which I hope everyone will enjoy soon. Um, I uh, I'm building a board game called Chief Engineer, and the plot <laughs> of the game is uh, everyone plays engineers on a starship, right? Sure. And being an engineer in a starship is terrible. Right, uh, and you work eighteen hours a day in steam-filled tunnels, and you don't get any respect, and like pilots are pushing you in the corridor. Right, and all your only dream in life, having spent you know a decade in college to become an engineer, <laughs> is to become the chief engineer. And lucky you, the chief engineer just had an unfortunate airlock accident, and so the job's open. But because nobody knows who's good except for him, the captain's going to make one of you chief engineer based on how many jobs you've completed. Nice. So you have the length of the game. To complete as many jobs on the ship as you can and get the job of chief right. engineer in the cushy office. That's a great idea. Yeah, and where good. where can people watch the progress of that? Uh, well, I'm gonna be way? I'm gonna be doing a few more playtests, and then I'm probably gonna do a, a, my first public playtest will be on Erica's Twitch stream. So okay, so keep an eye on yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's two R's, sex car with two mm-hmm. R's, as you might expect. Yep. All right, so let's talk about the Flash. Um, now I watch the Flash, mm-hmm. and I love it. Uh, I don't just like it; I love it. And uh, just like you know, Agent Carter or these other superhero shows, I think they do it right. But it blows my mind because I despise Arrow. And as mm-hmm. we already said, uh, The Legends of Tomorrow is just no good. Yeah. Why is it that these other shows are so serious and so dour and boring, whereas Flash clearly has a great sense of humor, mm-hmm. doesn't take itself seriously, and the acting, uh, I think maybe Flash has an advantage that they have, you know... Uh, 
Jesse, uh, what's his name, Jesse Spencer? I just want to call him Ed Green mm-hmm. from Law and Order. But they have him on there, and yeah. he's a brilliant actor. So he adds a lot of gravitas to the show that Arrow doesn't have, unfortunately. Right. They don't have that guy. It used to be Ian Salmon, I thought, but mm-hmm. then... He got killed or whatever? I don't know. I, I can't watch Arrow, so I'm okay, entirely so with you. Tell me why you hate Arrow, then, because okay. I feel like as a non-comic book nerd, I'm not allowed to hate Arrow. <laughs> I just don't get it. But tell me why you do. Well, first off, because the entire first season of Arrow, like, you know, yeah. Green Arrow, who apparently they felt the, the, the you know, the nom- the, the um, uh, color nominative would have, like, ruined the show. Of course. Was, like, a murderer Batman strange character. They just sort of perverted the whole thing. It, it wasn't, for me, the, the the character I so love in comics. And then, just <laughs> generally, since then, it has become, like, this terrible soap opera. Right. Yeah. And the acting is flat-out bad. That yes. girl who played the first Black Canary, mm-hmm. terrible. Yep. I can't stand to see her face. As beautiful as she is, she is so bad and um, David Cassidy's daughter is just so-so. The kid playing Arrow is is boring. Stephen Amell is so good except in the Arrow persona, which he is in for the entire show. Right. He's actually good as Oliver. Yeah. And, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know uh, Bruce Wayne and Oliver Queen and Batman mm-hmm. and Green Arrow are friends and... Because they have a lot in common. Yeah. And, like, Bruce Wayne and Oliver Queen are both dickhead millionaires. But we all know that that's, a, that's the, the fake one for Bruce. Yeah. He's really Batman. He's pretending. But Oliver Queen's always a dick, right? Yeah. Kinda. Even when he's, when he's Green Arrow... Yeah. He's a wise guy, right? Yeah. So why isn't this guy more... Yeah. He, why isn't he even just more clever? Like, I like that he came back and he said, okay, I'm going to be the same... Pretend I'm the same dick I used to be. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't he be more clever and yeah. witty and... Well, and then the weird fake voice and who knows right? and who cares. Which is something the way that they, they've established is a thing that exists in The Flash. Like, Flash occasionally disguises his voice. But they just kind of don't do it most of the time because they know it's stupid. Yeah. Unless they absolutely have to. It's only when... They usually only do it when he has to stop doing it. Yeah. Like when he, in the middle of the conversation, he has to go, it's me, Barry. Yeah. But they yeah, only do it when he right. has to talk to his current love interest. But other than yeah. that, he's just Barry. He's Barry Allen in front of people who definitely know Barry Allen. <laughs> you know? But, That's but like, true. The, the sort of like, arrow voices, like this sort of thing. And then like, and, and the whole Felicity plotline did not work for me. And, and like, I feel and like. now they put her in a wheelchair, like as a, as a stab in the back to Oracle, you know? Right. Because she was supposed to be like Oracle in the first place. We all yeah. recognize that, right? But we said, okay, but she's not Barbara Gordon. Clearly, mm-hmm. that would never work. But this is close enough. But then they put her in a wheelchair, so, oh, okay, let's just pretend. Why don't yeah. we just call her Barbara then? And just say, no, no, it's a different Barbara Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's not bad. She's not uh, Bruce Wayne. She's not Commissioner Gordon's daughter. It's a different Barbara Gordon. Well, and, and, and so I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble with Caitlin in um, The Flash. In the, like, sort of like, there's this thing where the CW shows, or the WB, whatever it is now, the CB, uh, <laughs> Breaker Breaker, it's a show. Um, they. Uh, they do this thing where, like, characters just sort of, like, you know, travel from romance to romance, like, sort of... Yeah. Know, and so, you know, Felicity is in love with with Arrow. Right. Uh, then Felicity's in love with, you know, the Adam. Now she's in love with the Arrow again, or who knows yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and Caitlin had that thing with, obviously, with Robbie. Yeah, and now she's just, like, gone. totally into Jay Garrick. And right. And it's just like, well, okay, that was fast. I kind of, As long as the show doesn't do it again... I guess they can get one. You know, I'm not mad at them for... Sure, one person can move their love on from one person to the other pretty yes. easy. You know, and well, and, and with the Robbie thing, I like that. I like yeah. that 
you know, he kind of disappeared right away, and yeah. we knew he was going to be Firestorm, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. And she pined for him. He came back. They were happy. Now, why did he leave the show? Why did they bring in the black Firestorm? I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he left the show. They certainly, he clearly left the show unexpectedly, because they essentially, like, he goes up into the anomaly at the end of the last season, and yeah. then just doesn't come back. And, but, and, and yeah. then I explain how that even works, like how like why why Professor Stein doesn't just like tumble to his death from like right? thousands of feet up, and yet he returned for this two parter in the uh, in the Earth two. Yeah, but he was also on the X Files last week. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're watching the new X Files. Yeah, yeah. And he was uh, uh, the the premise was Mulder and Scully meet the new Mulder and Scully. It's Lauren Ambrose. As, yeah, it's it's uh, Einstein and yeah, and I can't remember what his Miller name was. Miller, Einstein and yeah. Miller. She, and they're the same, only worse. Like, she thinks Scully uh, is full of shit. Yeah. She even says, oh, well, I'm a medical doctor. And Scully goes, yeah, I'm a medical doctor. Yeah. Why well, are you being a dick about it? Whereas the kid is just, he refuses to even hear anything that, she says. That episode, despite having a fantastic drugged up sequence, is yeah, some of the most ham-fisted writing I don't think <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, literally, they meet their doppelgangers, essentially, which right. no one questions. And then, like, ten minutes later, they're each calling the other equivalent... To like have a secret rendezvous with them. And yeah, like, it was a little forced. Bullshit. I get, I get the feeling that a lot of these X Files episodes were scripts for the X Files movie. Yeah. That they have repurposed and cut out. So there's they they have to jam a lot of shit in there. But, but uh, and also I, I didn't see one of the lone gunmen. And did he die? Did like did Frohicky the lone gunman? I think he plays Frohicky die. Well, I saw a picture of the three of them. So I, he I don't know. Been, like in the drug sequence, I didn't see him. Or... Yeah, I think maybe you just missed him because I didn't see Byers either, but I know he mm. was there. So that was nice that they that they at least gave yeah. a nod to them. My favorite characters in the show. All right. Uh, uh, so the reason that the Flash is good and Arrow is terrible. Yeah, it's better written generally. Okay. But on top of that, uh, the acting is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Grant Gustin is a fucking amazing. Grant yeah. Gustin is so good. I remember when it, because I used to watch Glee and I was like, oh, that guy who was a dick on Glee? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, he was a total dick on Glee. He was an yeah. evil person. But obviously he's a great actor. He can oh, yeah. play those parts. So, yeah, he's killing it. Grant Gustin, Grant Gustin and Tom Cavanaugh both Again, a great fantastic actor. out of the gate. Tom, yeah. Tom Cavanaugh, by the way, fantastic in an interview, too. We, we interviewed him on a show I used to work on Hollywood Today Live, and it was the best interview we had that week. It was really good. Yeah, I loved him on Ed, and I was sad when he left the show, but I'm glad he's back mm-hmm. on it now. But then Carlos Valdez, who is uh, Cisco Ramon, has gone from being what was clearly supposed to be a supporting character to being like the heart of that show. Right. And the heart of the of the like TV DC universe. And very naturally. It, yeah. it all happened very organically. They didn't force any of it. Um, and this episode particularly was, you know, there was a second parter of their visit to Earth 2. Mm-hmm. And we've only seen a few Earth 2 people. Yeah. The biggest being the other Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like Zoom or whatever. Or, oh, well, Jay Garrick and Zoom. Yeah, yeah, there's that whole thing. Now, obviously in this episode there was a, a cliffhanger um, set up because for those of you who don't watch the show at the end, um, uh, Flash is in this prison along with Wells' daughter and another dude in a mask who's trying to... Con- uh, Communicate. communicate to them. For some reason, he can't shake his head no or nod yes, but he can <laughs> tap on the on yeah. the wall. So he's tapping out a message. The message is J. They don't know what that means. All they get is J, and then they have to bail. So it's left as a mystery. 
But I assume if you read the comics, you know what that means. No. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, this is very like they have they've sort of um, um, finessed the the universe to you know um, definitely the you know Zoom is Zoom and the Reverse Flash are essentially the same character. So okay. like this is like a and this character seems like he might be the Black Racer, which is like the interpretation mm. of death. Oh, like interesting. Chases speedsters as they're about to die. Okay. So it's and this guy's all this guy's all over the map. Like we don't know who this yeah, character yeah, yeah. is. And then Jay Garrick, who has you know was the was the older Flash in the comics, right? Was never like it was eventually sort of pushed onto Earth too, but but they had separate origins. Uh-huh. And so there's no real storyline that equates to what's happening here. Okay, because like, that's all of, Golden Age stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they've sort of put it all together. But yes, I was the first person. I, I was right with you, um, and I was like, oh. This is Jay Garrick, then. So, who is the guy that is? That's what I thought. He was right. warning them, saying, "I'm really Jay Garrick, the guy who's pretending is not." So I thought, okay, so then that because that does sort of make sense because on the show, this Jay has lost his speed, mm-hmm. and him and Caitlin are constantly working to regain it, um, and under the guise of. While Flash is gone, you need to help us with right. whatever Geomancer and all these other guys. It's the ugliest actor they've ever had. <laughs> that guy looks like he has like like borrowed ninety teeth. That's hilarious. Sort of, anyway, but yeah, sorry, and a, buddy. And a bad character. Um, but uh, but he hasn't. They they haven't done any like any of the shots where you know a close up on his face doing an evil look or anything. Yeah. They haven't done anything like that. But. Uh, and when we say J, we mean J A Y, the name. Yeah. So and we, and there's some also, kind of connection. We've seen. We saw. Jay Garrick's description of himself leaving Earth 2 initially, which was presented to us as, like, accurate and not right. fake. Exactly. The show has yet to sort of, like, do one of those things where it's like we're seeing someone's version of events. You know? Right. If we see it, it tends to be true. And it seems like this, uh, he's seeing, you know, the, I'm sure they're setting up a lot of stuff with him and Caitlin and the romance, and so it seems all genuine, but I don't know, because there was that episode earlier where Eobard... Eobard Thorne came back. Yeah. Thorne. Eobard Thorne. Eobard Thorne came back almost just as a cameo because we all thought he was gone forever. So that probably has something to do with it too. Yeah. A, a time travel it's a, it's thing. A, it's like sort of fringe-esque and then it's like uh, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily complicated because of the multi-universe thing. But in that... It plays. But, you know? but yeah, exactly. It plays because you think, well, the universe they have set up here it makes that believable, first of mm-hmm. all. But also because there are characters... Like, I guess it all goes back to the act and Grant Gustin and uh, and Jesse 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 Spencer is that his name? I don't know why I keep saying it. I'm going to say Ed Green. Okay. Uh, it, uh, the Flash and Ed Green. It comes back to them because they can they are good enough actors to to have the gravitas to control the scene and be in a situation, but at the same time go, oh my god, what's going on here? Yeah. Like even though he's a scientist and the other guy's a detective. They all they constantly go. What the fuck is this? Yeah, you know they're not know it alls. They're not on arrow going. We need to take care of this. Right. They go. What's going on? And the scientists who are actually quite weak physically yeah. go. This is what's going on. Please save us. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a great relationship. And then you got Wells or uh, or uh, uh, Martin, Doctor Martin or whoever mm-hmm. the smart guys. Yeah. Uh, kind of acting as a father figure for everybody. So it works. It's like fucking clockwork. Yeah. And bringing in new characters and then sending them away is fine. Well, and they, they do some really interesting stuff on the show, too, wherein, like, I think that, unlike other shows, when when The Flash is like, no, I'm going to do the illogical, terrible idea thing. Right, right. Because I have to. 
I buy it. Whereas, like, in other shows, it's like, but I have to. I'm like, fuck you, writers, and fuck you, actor. I don't yes. buy that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, there's a terrible reason, motivation. Well, there's a, it's funny to me, because superhero-wise, it seems to me there's a difference, and, uh, and I think Flash, they probably recognize, there's a difference between guys who get their powers immediately and guys who gain their powers. Right. You know, obviously this Arrow and, and Batman, to a certain extent, it almost accidentally happened. Right. Like, by, they, they just had to get these great powers, mm-hmm. whereas the Flash, struck by lightning, boom, yeah, all of a sudden yeah. he's got powers. So he doesn't... Uh, he, he There's stuff about himself that even he doesn't know what's up. Mm-hmm. So it makes it just more believable that way. And when he said, like... And also the fact that, uh, you know, he had a separate life. He lived a big part of his life being sad about his mom and his dad. Mm-hmm. And even though that's kind of over, yeah. he might make the illogical choice. I think he's done that a billion times in the first season. No, i got to save my dad. i got to prove my dad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which we all knew was going to happen eventually. Yeah. But well, he's flawed in his own way. And very. Also, and he's great that way. And, and, and people who watch that show who are, like, really big comic book fans, and I, mean, I don't mean that, like, they are, like, really specific to the genre. I just yeah. mean they can't get out of their own ass. And I'm... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I, we still have the same membership card. I yeah, think, yeah. You know, can't get over the fact that like he's not the world's best speedster all the time. Right. But that's not the show they're telling. They're t- we're learn- We're watching, and I, I I would hate for this to be a justification for that terrible Superman movie. But anyway, we're watching <laughs> the Flash learn his powers as we go. So the fact that like. You know, when Captain Cold has a cold gun, he doesn't just, like, take it away from him and throw him in prison immediately. Like, everyone's always like, why are Flash episodes longer than two minutes? Why doesn't the Flash just run over and carry them to, to the inevitable plot hole, jump over it, and be done? So and I'm good. like, fuck off. Like, but he's he's not perfect. They do such a good job of representing super speed in the show. Yeah. Especially with Zoom now. Like, yes. Zoom has scary speed. They've actually yeah. found a way to make him really scary. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, he has murdered people on the show. Oh, yeah. And that was a big step. Like, uh, you know, Eddie Eobard Thon threatened to murder people. Right. And he, you know, supposedly murdered Cisco in this alternate reality. He but, did. Okay. We watched him do it. Okay. Yeah. But it was an yeah. alternate yeah, reality. Yeah, it was a, a timeline that didn't happen. But Zoom is going around killing people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, it has no... He's threatening to do it, and he's doing it. And he beat the whole team up, too. Like, when they, when they right. set a trap for Zoom early in the season... He just walked over them like there was nothing. Yeah, he's clearly a monster. And I think that's good because it gives the show, because it offsets the lightness of the show with this really dark, serious thing, which is, and it's better because now that they're done with his dad is out of prison and and all that stuff, it's now, this is more, this is a bigger thing. It's not, it's not as personal, but it's still the more of the hero's journey. Uh, It reminds me a lot of Smallville when Smallville started. Mm -hmm. I, I loved Smallville when it started. I thought it was... The most brilliant show because I I told everybody it was like it was disguised as a dumb teen drama, but it was a yeah. hero's journey show. It was about this guy and getting his powers, and then of course it became a piece of shit towards the end. Well, because they had so much, so many characters to maintain. And by yes. the end of it, you know, and, and it, it was also, too much. It, it collapsed under its own weight, is what happened. Um, but I, I would say that that the thing with Zoom too is like they did it like nine times this episode, perhaps maybe one too much, <laughs> where they'll just be talking about like. Boy, I hope Zoom doesn't show up. And then all of a sudden, he's on screen with like the blue lightning over him. Like, right. just, you know, he arrived at super speed, and it's scary. It's like it's not like yes. jump scary, but you're like, holy shit, this guy is dangerous. Yeah, and his costume is scary. And he's got like the melt face things thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's and, yeah, it's and, gruesome. You know, he's got that great voice actor, great actor doing his voice, who I'm assuming yeah. it won't end up being. 
that's no, the thing yeah, too is, is I have no clue who Zuma will end up being. Not yeah, and it's not like giving some hints, but it's giving hints a lot of places, and it could do whatever yeah. it wanted. And it's not like the old days. At some point, someone in Hollywood figured out, well, let's have a different actor do the voice, mm-hmm. so people don't recognize who it is. Because that I remember I was watching this old episode of Magnum PI once when I was a kid, watching with my dad, and there was this guy who was like taunting him over the phone, mm-hmm. and he kidnapped someone, and they were just showing his face. Like the bottom part of his face, his mouth, and the phone. But I recognized the actor. I was like, hey, that's Kenneth Teagar from Barney Miller. Because he was on a bunch of episodes of Barney Miller, right. which I loved. And I recognized him, and my dad goes, really? I go, yeah, you remember that character on Barney Miller? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think that is him. And then later on, it revealed, yep, that was him. So it was so like. What, are you saying that you were the king of TV even as a child? That's, like, how, I, that's how it all began. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That's how it all started. I, I like that episode of Magnum P.I., by the way. I've watched every. My father <laughs> yes. looks just like Magnum P.I. No way. And as a result, that show is My Father the Detective. And I can't stop watching. Yeah, I used to watch it with my dad too. That's uh, I, I guess that's that's more common than you would think that young young boys watched shows like that with their dad. Oh yeah, because I watched Rockford with my dad too, and I, Dave Amiot's mm-hmm. the same way. He watched was those all, shows. Was Rockford also Belisarius? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, it was almost a spinoff because Tom Selleck played his character Lance White on, on Rockford. Okay, he was in two episodes. Uh, and he was basically the opposite of Rockford. He drove this cool, fancy car, dressed in a nice suit. Everything always worked out for him. Mm-hmm. And he even said, eh, things will work out. And Rockford would always like, no, you can't do this. The best episode, him and Rockford are at the private investigators convention. Okay. Because <laughs> they're giving out awards mm-hmm. to the best private investigator of the year. And they've all done different things. Lance is there. He's nominated because he solved the kidnapping and rescued a child. Mm-hmm. Rockford is nominated because he figured out uh, by using some sort of formula that somebody had lied on a form, and he saved <laughs> and he saved his client thousands of dollars. So, like you know, one's the hero and one's the dumbass. Of course, Rockford wins, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Really?" But Lance is cool with it, and it's a great character. And then he he shows up again, um, and then it was the very next season Magnum PI premiered. Oh wow! But it was like a perfect storm because you know Magnum PI premiered in the same time slot as Y Five O. Right. It premiered. They basically said, "Okay, we're turning over the studio. We're not Wi-Fi anymore. We're Magnum PI." So it was everything was already built in. But yeah, Tom Selleck was it, clearly uh, Belisario said we're going to give him his own show. Right. And I can remember running into the kitchen after uh, seeing a commercial for it and going, "Lance got his own show! Lance got his own show!" I yelled at my dad. And, and most of the rest of the cast was on Black Sheep Squadron, which was another yes. Belisario's production. Um, yep. The who played Rick. Um, Larry Minetti. Larry Minetti wrote a book that's like half cookbook, half story of Magnum B.I. <laughs> well worth it. That's funny. Um, talking about how Rick, of course, was supposed to be Rick from Casablanca originally. Like, right. Rick was going to be like a guy who did that. Like, you like, ah. like, sorry, Magnum. Because you know, he like, was, he was just their friend who was a club owner. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I guess he, he became a member of the squad and yeah. got the ring and everything else. And he also had ties to organized yes. crime on the island. Looking forward to uh, Archer being set in Magnum P.I. That looks so great. Um, you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? I do, yeah. Did did you know that Dan Blocker, the bald fat cop, was on Black Sheep Squadron? I didn't know that. He's oh, actually his name's Dirk Blocker. He's Dan Blocker's son okay. from Bonanza. Oh wow! But he was as when he was a young man, he was on Black Sheep Squadron. Uh, uh, my favorite shows, probably growing up, and probably still to this day in many ways, uh, are all Belisarius productions. Yeah, 
Uh, it's the only exception the I think is Night Court, <laughs> but everything else I love. Well, you I mean, should. Oh, no, ever... sorry. I loved all of his stuff and Night Court and, and Night Court, but, but which is not a show. He did yeah. not produce. Did but... you ever see Ten Speed and Brown Shoe? No. It's it only lasted a season. It was a great show. It was Ben Vereen was mm-hmm. Ten Speed Turner. He was a con man, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Goldblum wow. was his best friend and partner, who was a nerd. And uh, Benfrey called him Brown Shoe, kind of as a mm-hmm. as an insult. But it was early, you know, very young Jeff Goldblum, and uh, and they were they were partners. They met in the first episode mm-hmm. and became partners. Jeff Goldblum was the greatest character because he was a total nerd, but he knew karate. He had a black belt in karate, mm-hmm. so whenever fights would break out. He would do this spiel to say, I have to warn you, I have a full black belt in karate. Your life is in danger. And then he beat the shit out of him. Oh, wow. Because he knew black belt. Well, he would only do it in defense. Like, guys would show up, and he'd, they'd have a gun on him. And basically, Ben Vereen would go, you got this? He'd say, sure. And he kicked the gun out of the guy's hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was all believable because he was really big and lanky. Oh, wow. I don't know where you can see the show, but oh, it was YouTube's the fucking somewhere. best. Um, Vibes, the movie. Remember that? Yes, with Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum and... Um, Cindy Lauper. Uh, and uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yes, who I love. I'm Who's just, the best I'm, part of that movie? I've been sure. watching Columbo uh, back through again, basically kind of waiting for the new modern, like post Sherlock Columbo. Oh happen. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, man, such a good show. So great. Uh, uh, how caught him? Um, so this episode of <laughs> the Flash, uh, we the 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 one problem I, I think I had with it was only that. Um, uh, Danielle Pennebecker, um, uh, who plays what's her name? Killer Frost Killer in the Frost. other universe. I feel like whenever you give an actress the chance to play an alternate universe character, especially that's evil, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they become Jessica Rabbit. Like they just sort of play yeah. it up like this. And they were yeah. kind of like altering her voice every other line. And I'm just, <laughs> and it, she really tried hard to make it work and she got closer than most. But yeah. still didn't hit the mark. Well, I'll say because, you know, the Caitlin character is so non sexual. Mm-hmm. They don't even, like, they don't. They just said 100%. There's not even like the scene where she's going to a, a ball mm-hmm. and she comes out and they go, Oh, Caitlin. Like, you haven't yeah. even done that. They, well, they have had scenes though where she's like dressed and she's gorgeous and right. like a little miniskirt, but none of them notice. Yeah, it's never the old, Ooh, Caitlin. Yeah. It's not that. Because she's a beautiful woman, obviously. Yeah. There was a hot second, I think, where there, there was almost a moment where you're like, Oh, she might get over Firestorm and like the Flash. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they had like one. They were jitters, which is jitterbuggers oh, right. or something in the alternate universe. So dumb. Um, uh, but yeah, they don't... Uh, and so it was good that they did yeah. that. Obviously, uh, Killer Frost is more sexual. Mm-hmm. And she looked beautiful. And, yeah. and I think like a lot of times actresses are like, great, I get to do something different. And so they embrace that rather than saying, do we have to do all this sex stuff? Yeah. So, and, and hey, who knows? You know, again, maybe, I, we're, maybe I, we're just being dumb about it and I she like, was down with it. I hope to God we had more episodes with her, though, because I do feel like the character was underserved. Like, she kept saying stuff like, I never use the name Caitlyn anymore. And you're like, why? Tell, say anything more than that. Right. Like, don't just have some sort of trite, you know, like, roll on a, uh, on a table characterism. Like, why don't you do yeah. that? You know? Well, and obviously they're going to bring her back because they didn't kill her. Which again goes back to our idea, you know, that Robbie came back, but he got killed for sure. Right. He was so. yeah, he's dead in our universe. So the, the, the Deathstorm is now dead in the other universe. Now right. they're out of. Although it, when you see them travel to the alternate universe for the first time, yeah. you see Supergirl. Right. It comes through on like one of the, like little bubbles. Yeah. So that's another alternate universe for their series, obviously. Which because they had just announced the crossover mm-hmm. is going to happen, which I will watch. Now you don't like Supergirl either, right? I my problem with Supergirl. Well, first off, I just I absolutely hate when characters act like de- in defiance of logic. 
<laughs> and there's the and in the in the pilot of Supergirl, Supergirl's like, "Hey, I have all the powers of Superman." They can't actually say Superman for some reason. I don't know what's my cousin. Name. She says, "Yeah, my cousin." And like everybody around's like, "Nah, why don't you go like get coffee?" And I'm like, "Fuck you!" No one would ever say that. Yes. They might say like, "Let's train you." They, they could they could go at it a million ways, but one of them would not be to outright dismiss the most powerful creature on the planet as yeah. an ally. And and it's ironic and sad that the show that is supposed to be about women empowerment and girls empowerment you got. You got uh, Callista Flockhart as mm-hmm. the big bad bitch on the show. Yeah. You got Supergirl as the strongest girl on earth. You got her sister, yeah. who's the big spy. Tyler got, Lee, who I would have married. She's in, super hot, in and she's great on the show. But unfortunately, they, they still treat them all like girls. Right. The Martian Manhunter is the dude. I don't know if this is a spoiler yet, mm-hmm. but I don't watch the show. But Martian Manhunter is the dude in charge. And Red Tornado is the dude robot in charge. Right. So and, fuck and that And all show. the girls interact with each other like they're all yes. bitter sorority sisters. Like they're who are like 15 years old. Need to put each other down and like remove each other's abilities. And it's just it's fucking there's insulting. nothing empowering about it. And, and just as a superhero show, mm-hmm. it's boring as batshit. It couldn't. I mean, I like to watch superhero shows for the characters. That's why I was so excited about Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But when you, uh, you know, there's one episode where it's her and another character, and that's it. That's all, and all, and all she is is flying around in a skirt. It's just fucking boring, is what and, it is. And what's sad too is she's great. That actress is great. Yeah. Her characterization is great. She really nails it. Like, if there's a way to, like, if, if she could just go beyond Flash as a recurring supporting character, I'd be into it. I think somebody said, we're going to do Supergirl, and it'll be a superhero show for girls. And as soon as they said that, everybody started writing down and dumbing down the script because girls are so dumb. And girls don't like superheroes, so we have to make this more about her hair than about her cape. Right. So, and, and, fuck you, Supergirl. And, yeah, and, and also... I I have sort of I was tolerant of the kryptonite thing in Smallville. Mm-hmm. I've accepted the particle disaster in um, the particle accelerator disaster in the Flash. Mm-hmm. But I think three strikes, you're out. I'm tired of every superhero bringing in like some sort of world event that creates supers for them to fight. Right. Like Supergirl, when you arrived, you brought the negative zone prison with you, and now there's a freak of the week for every possible episode. I'm like, fuck yeah. you. Create two or three characters and have her fight them over time. Actually make a show. Don't just do yes. a thing where it's just like suddenly not from the comics random. Topic. That was the worst part about early episodes of Smallville, the freak of the week stuff. Yeah. So and oddly enough, the X Files, this new X Files, mm-hmm. those are the only good episodes, if you ask me. Oh, where yeah. it's like a little a, a self contained little freak the of the week story. Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster is probably the best episode of the X Files ever made. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, oh, that actor is so good. Um, but uh, <laughs> Reese Darby. Yeah, he, yeah, he just hilarious. delivers. Without so a doubt. well. Without a doubt. Um, but uh, this Flash was okay. I mean, we still have no clue who reverse who Zoom is. Right. Or I mean, that guy in the cell. They've cut out a couple of potentials. Like, I thought for a second it was going to be um, uh, Ed Green. Um, like, uh-huh. like, like, you know, alternate universe Ed Green. Because right, right, they have right. a black actor doing Zoom's voice. Okay. Right? That's a famous It's black. Tony Todd, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're like, okay, so maybe it's dad, right? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe it's 
actually going to be, you know, Flash is dead, the former Flash from the original TV show or something right. like that. We haven't yet proved that one, uh, just disproved that entirely. Okay. It could be Wally West of that universe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's There's a potential there. Sure. Um, but it, but uh, I don't think it's Jake Garrick or anything like that. or like Unless it's, like, the, like, haunting, unless it's the Black Racer, unless, like, Jake Garrick caused it to exist by existing... By like doing Velocity Nine, right. and it's like a Velocity Nine ghost, and it's not a person. You know what I mean? Oh, and maybe Zoom stole the Black Racers' speed, yeah, which stopped basically every speedster from dying or yeah, some shit like knows? that. All right, it's going to be crazy. But this but, is a perfect example of why the show is great because we're interested enough yeah. to watch it. So, and, uh, and also, so like and, and this show is going to is going to be for me the the for permanent. Uh, like stake through the heart of Batman vs Superman the movie because they won't put this Flash in it, and I can't imagine mm. there being a Flash better than Grant Gustin in existence. So you, ever. so unlike, so Marvel has said yes, everything is connected. Aside right. from the maybe the cartoons, uh, TV and movies and comic books, it's one universe, one universe. But Whereas DC has like, said no, absolutely not, they're not the same. No, no, the TV shows and the movies. Uh, have nothing to do with each other. You think that's a mistake? I do think it's a mistake. Uh, uh, first off, now mind you, th- there's a bunch of trouble with the persistent universe for Marvel because they different studios, different projects. Like they really can't get anyone but like the most supporting movie characters to appear on the TV show. Right. And and they've I I don't understand why Marvel, which is going to be making several billion dollars in one of these movies, can't afford to get the entire cast of Agents of Shield just to like be in the background of a scene of these movies. But apparently they can't or won't. So they really can't. Mm truly get like the circles never truly overlap but still you get like you know Sif or like some other Sif is on shield like, right. shows up um, uh, or like you know and the events of the the two affect the other that's right like, you know there was um, the dude the Creel dude in the in Marvel that whole thing yeah and, and, and also you know like you know the Coulson was building the helicarrier that was in Avengers 2 the entire time that was his secret project right. like that shit. And um, in, wasn't that a helicarrier in Deadpool at the end? Wasn't yeah, that like an abandoned they helicarrier? on the helicarrier. That's probably another little thing. I'm like, I would, I could have used one line of something to contextualize where the hell that What happened from. to this place? Yeah. Yeah, um, that would have been nice. Uh, but yes, they were on a helicarrier. Um, All right. This is a very heavy superhero episode. But Sorry, everybody. That's what happens when uh, you get nerds over to your house. So uh, next week's uh, episode, David will be back. And I will be discussing the premiere of Fuller House. On Netflix, yeah, which I fully expect to hate. I'm gonna warn you right now. Mm-hmm. I do not remember Full House fondly. I remember it as a piece of shit that my friends watched along with uh, uh, the Urkel show mm-hmm. and all the other bullshit that was on TGIF. All those shows sucked. I don't remember it fondly, and I hate it even more because my kids watched reruns of it when they were little. Uh, so I have a feeling this is going to be bullshit, but who knows? I might be pleasantly surprised. David wants to watch The Amazing Race. Which is kind of weird this season because there's a bunch of uh, it's all like YouTube stars. Oh, good. It's not, but it's not. They're not all YouTube, but like Bernie Byrne from Rooster Teeth is on, and he's good. Right. And uh, and then there's uh, Tyler Oakley, who's kind Mm -hmm. of a nice guy, and his boyfriend. But then some some of these idiots. I'm always down to see YouTube stars get punished. Yeah, some of them are are horrible, so that's funny. So uh, that will be going on, and Sax will be going on back to his regular life. What, what will you be watching? Well, uh, instead, watch this. <laughs> is busting out all over, all over the meadow and the hill. But the butts and out of bushes and the rough and river riches all the little will.
quite a bill. June is busting out a lover. Miss Uggams, Miss Uggams, excuse me. 